0: girlfriends episode number 119 be a better witness hello and welcome to girlfriends i'm danielle bean i'm a wife and a mom and i'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace balance and joy in family living in this week's episode we are discussing ways to be a better witness to the faith do you need help with this i think we all do let's get started Hey, girlfriends. How are you? Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends podcast. I'm glad you're joining me today. Happy Easter. Yes, it's still Easter. Easter continues. And now it actually feels like Easter. It actually looks like pretty much like Easter. I mean, our field is brown. I'm just grateful that it's not white, which it was a week ago. So we're getting some warmer weather. We really enjoyed it yesterday. I'm recording this on Monday. We were out. The family was out most of the day outside. Most of the day on Sunday, just enjoying beautifully warm weather. It's one of those days where it's warmer outside than it is in the house because The house doesn't have any sunshine and outside has this beautiful warm sun. So yeah, we and the dogs. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. I just sat outside for a long time just watching the dogs because they were just completely reveling in the fact that people were outdoors with them and they could run around and chase each other and roll around in the dirt and really enjoy it. And Danny is collecting frogs. Well, I mean, he he practices catch and release, but... Our pond is filled with peepers, and so he's been catching frogs, catching newts. He caught a snake yesterday, so, you know, we're in full swing here. And I'm so grateful that I still have a kid who's doing that. I mean, Rafe, his older brother, does it a little bit with him, but it's so precious to me. I have so many memories of raising kids here in this house, on this property, where we have a good bit of land, and it's adjacent to... Um, some protected land so just acres and acres actually that just has all kinds of wildlife and our kids have really enjoyed the pond especially but other other animals in the field and other creatures and birds and Danny is still fully enjoying that and all of our kids still enjoyed various animals but they're not you know, pulling on their rubber boots and going out into the pond. (laughs) Neither am I. Um, But I I love that that Danny is doing that. And when I bought him his rubber boots this year, I insisted on buying a pair for his older brother, Rafe. And, you know, Rafe was like, well, you know, I don't really go in the pond so much. It's probably not necessary. And I was like, we are getting you these. (laughs) And I'm glad to see he's using them. But when they're by the door, they're like man boots. I mean, they're gigantic. It's ridiculous. I can't believe how large my Rafe is. So we had a barbecue at the end of the day yesterday, which was nice. And it was the first one of the season, cooked a lot of stuff. And uh, we had a fire pit at the end of the day. And I was reflecting as I was grilling. Um, I like grilling. Sometimes, you know, the guy does the grilling and Dan for sure does some grilling, but I I don't mind it at all. I like standing out there with a beverage of my choice and just grilling while people are playing around me. Maybe a little bit along the lines of what we talked about last week, you know, nurturing your mother heart, caring for your family while life kind of goes on around you. Anyway, uh, so I was cooking yesterday and um, I cooked 20 burgers. And as I was doing this, I did it in two batches of 10. I was thinking to myself, probably not a ton of people that I know. Well, I guess I know a number of large families, but are cooking in such large quantities on a regular basis. Like this was normal to me. Yeah, we didn't need 20 burgers for the people who are here. Yes, yeah, some of the kids' friends were over and we needed a little more than just for ourselves. Um, but I was also cooking hot dogs and chicken, so we didn't need that. Um, but in, a little bit of it was like me planning stuff, you know, kids are working and whatnot. So lunches for today and everything. But. I was thinking about how hard it is to get out of that habit, how we grow such habits of cooking for our families. And it's like a joke, you know, people laugh about the mom of many or the grandmom who can't cook in small quantities. Well, it's a real thing. I don't know how you get out of that feeling of I'm not cooking enough. Like if you're just cooking a couple of little things in a small pan, I guess eventually you adjust because I think my mom has fully adjusted, but you know, she has an instant pot. Someone gave her an instant pot and it's one of the small ones. And my mom was already telling me it's too small. I think, I think I need a larger one. And I was like, mom, it's you and dad. (laughs) Like you can definitely fit stuff for the two of you in there. But, um, I know my mom feels that way. So anyway, I just thought that was a little bit amusing as I was cooking our 20 burgers. And speaking of the beautiful weather, um. This is a funny thing. We heat with wood, and we have a wood stove. Really, uh, almost a hundred percent of our heat is from our wood stove in the house. It, it works really well, and our our son Rafe, whom I've already mentioned, is gigantic. He's thirteen, and. He is has been this winter, the one who kind of stepped into the role of being in charge of the fire. This is a big deal. Like the the men in our household are in charge of the fire. And that doesn't mean I don't ever touch it or girls don't. But uh, for the most part, that's like a guy's job. And Rafe has been home during the days uh, because he's homeschooled and He just kind of stepped into that role. He was old enough to take on that responsibility this year. So he was um, largely responsible for the fire all winter long, really felt that responsibility, largely responsible, along with uh, his siblings, for hauling in wood, you know, multiple times a week. And he really felt that responsibility. And we were out recently, and he discovered a propane fireplace, And he was fascinated. I mean, he was asking all kinds of questions about this propane fireplace. And uh, he couldn't believe such a thing existed and that we were still... Like Neanderthals heating with wood, <laughs> he's like, "This is amazing! You just turn on a switch, and it's like cozy fire and heat and warmth." And oh my gosh! Anyway, I found that amusing um, because being responsible for certain things gives you a new perspective. I tried to explain to him that we really couldn't heat the house with a propane fireplace, and we do have propane in the house, and. Um, It's sort of a backup heat source, but I won't tell them too many details about how that works because probably next winter he'll be cranking it up. (laughs) And anyway, we're out of wood for the season. We've been out of wood for like two weeks, and that was too soon to run out of wood. We just ran out because it's been such a long, cold season. And uh, Dan was like, there's no way I'm buying more wood. This is ridiculous. And uh, so those last few weeks, we were kind of surviving by, you know, picking up wood around the property. Uh, There were a few trees that were down and cutting those up and using those. And I found it very funny. Like we were kind of scrambling to get through the last part of the season. And you know what? Truth be told, it would have been nice to have a fire last night, even though we had such a warm, beautiful day. You know how cold and raw the evenings and early mornings can be during the springtime before you get that beautiful sun. Anyway, I thought I would mention that. Also today, I want to um, do a fitness check-in with you because we haven't talked about health and fitness nutrition here in a long time. How are you doing? I think I need to do a show on this topic. Let me know if you have particular questions. Not that I'm an expert, but I love it when we can kind of share about where we are and the reality of the ups and downs and the back and forths of health and fitness and our journey and being realistic about it. Um, I've been doing pretty well since Easter. I shared at Easter that uh, I ate too many Whopper eggs. Well, I got back on um, eating a a pretty low carb diet along with Dan. I told you I did that during Lent. Um, I was doing it more for camaraderie with him and helping him. And it's a motivator to me if I'm eating low carb as well to like cook meals, look up recipes. I know I'm a selfish jerk and I'll do it more likely. I'm more likely to do it if it's for me and him rather than just for him. It changes my attitude about it. It's more like a couple thing, not like some extra thing that he's putting on top of my other responsibilities. Anyway, I know this about myself, so that's what I've been doing. Um, So pretty good about that. And yesterday I got outside for a run, which was amazing. And so great and wonderful and i can't believe it took all the way till almost the end of april before i could safely run outside this year but it's the truth i mean there were a few days where i did i think in march where i sneaked out there still pretty icy out there with snowbanks and whatnot uh, but yesterday no snowbanks. still some patches of ice and snow in places but it was beautiful i ran down to the lake and um it's just a wonderful glorious thing and i love that it changes uh that now I can you know, I I still will use my treadmill during the summer because I love to walk and work. I'll use my walking desk on there. And if it's bad weather, I'll use it for running. But for the most part, I switch over from the treadmill to outdoors for um, the running part of um, the exercise program that I try to follow. Also, I wanted to mention, and I couldn't remember if I'd mentioned them here before. I know I had an article on catholicmom.com talking about winter fitness, indoor fitness. And I shared um, some of these YouTube, videos that I've been enjoying, I love YouTube for fitness stuff. You know, if you spend a little time researching on there, you can find workouts that really suit you, and it's 100% free. And um, you can, you know, you can switch up your your routine that way. If you're totally in a rut, if you're bored, if your body is bored, you know, when you get to that point when you're doing the same routine a few times a week and your body's just completely bored with it and your brain, you know, is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're going to do this again. So, you know, find something new. One that I've really enjoyed, and I mentioned this in the Catholic Mom article, in fact, maybe I'll link to it in the show notes, Um, is Joe Wicks, who's a British guy, in um, his... YouTube channel is called the body coach. I think the body coach TV and Dan teases me that I like these videos because he's, Joe is good looking, but not true. <laughs> he is good looking. But honestly, I laugh at this guy because I, I feel like he's my son. Like, I guess I've reached that stage of womanhood where I'm not checking out this guy. <laughs> he's totally like my son to me. And I think he's cute in that way. Um, and anyway, so these videos, I really love them because, well, for strength training, um, there are a few different videos of his that I use if I'm in a hotel and Um, I need something quick. That's really one thing that I really love about these videos is they're all like between 15 and and 30 minutes, really, um, some of them are like 20, 25, um, but I don't think I've seen him do a single video that's even 30 minutes. Maybe 25 is the max. Um, and and some of them, you know, I like because it's one that I can do in a hotel room without any equipment, if I need something quick to do in the morning before I'm I'm working for the day or whatnot. Um, but I really like the strength training videos that he has. So if you're interested in strength training or if you want to mix up your strength training routine, I really do recommend Joe Wicks, uh, the body coach. YouTube videos and you can find, he has all different ones and you can find one that, you know, is is either upper body or lower body or abs or whatever you want to be working out and add a few to your routine. I I find it's really helpful because when I do strength training on my own, I can have my own little circuit that I want to do. And maybe you do this too. Like, I will find myself taking long pauses <laughs> in the middle of my workout and that's not how it's supposed to work. You're, that's not, you know, that's not the best for strength training. You're supposed to move quickly from one exercise to the next and, and rest for only very specific periods of time in between sets. So I'm not the best about following that protocol when uh, I can get totally lazy about it, especially if I'm bored with a routine. But what I like about using a video for strength training is he's just moving on to the next exercise and I'm keeping up and, you know, I hit play and like it or not, this is what I'm doing for the next 20 minutes. And I find it's really helpful that way. And I was wondering too, because I felt like, am I just being lazy doing these shorter kind of workout videos and they totally, uh, you know, fit my lifestyle. I love that they're shorter. Um, but, you know, I am still very often really sore the next day after I do these. So I think they're accomplishing something and I'm going to stick with them. Anyway, I'll, I'll link that up in the show notes um, so that you can check it out too. I don't mean check out Joe. I mean, check out the videos. Okay. Don't, don't do that. This is my son. Not really, but <laughs> that's how I'm thinking of him. Okay. Anyway, um, I also wanted to mention one last thing before we begin this week's topic: uh, the Catholic Momcast giveaway. I mentioned it last week that we're having a giveaway to celebrate the launching of the new podcast for CatholicMom.com, featuring me and Lisa Hendy. Sometimes the two of us chatting about a topic. Um, this week we're chatting about the topic of trusting in God, and uh, so other times we're interviewing people. We had the opportunity to interview a number of people while we were at. Congress. It's really just a fun show. I love Lisa so much, and it's fun to do the show with her. And so we're launching it, and we're celebrating the fact that we've begun this show together with a giveaway, and it's easy for you to enter the giveaway. You just need to. Go and leave a review at iTunes, preferably for the Catholic MomCast, because these reviews really help us to get the word out about this new podcast. It's hard when you're getting started to um, build up your listeners and subscribers. And getting more reviews is one way that you can um, kind of increase your reach. And so we're trying to get some more reviews. Um, preferably at iTunes, but other places too are helpful. If you leave one at iTunes, you're automatically going to be entered to um, win one of two great prizes in this giveaway. Also, you can leave a review at Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or if you just listen online and you don't really use any of those places or those those platforms to listen to your podcasts, you can leave a review on social media. Just be sure to tag uh, either me or tag Catholic Mom in your post so that we'll know to enter you in the giveaway and the giveaway is for two awesome prizes I mentioned last week uh, the second place prize is a Pope Francis bobblehead doll who's totally cute I'm going to link up um, the contest in the show notes and you can see a picture of this doll which is adorable you know you want this for your desk for your kitchen counter for somewhere in your home Um, and the first place prize is a $50 Amazon gift card who doesn't want that right and it's so easy to enter just leave a review for the Catholic MomCast again I'll put the link to all the details for that in the show notes for this episode. Okay, on to this week's topic, which is be a better witness. Oh, we all need to do this. I know we all need to work on this. We all could do better at being a witness to our faith. And this is, you know, God calls us to do this. It's great if you are thriving in your own spiritual journey and doing your prayer time and really connecting with Jesus inside of your own Life inside of your own home, inside of your own work and your family. That is great, but you're not meant to keep it to yourself. It's supposed to naturally lead you to turning toward others outward, bringing it outward and sharing it. Um, And sometimes we stink at this. we stink at it. I don't know. I think because it's uncomfortable sometimes or we're not sure how to or we think we're not qualified or we're afraid people are going to ask questions we can't answer. Well, I'm here to tell you none of those things are excuses. I've got four little um different ways that I want to encourage you to think about how you might be a better witness to your faith in your life, the ways in which God might be calling you to share your faith with other people. And it doesn't have to be fancy, okay? So the first one, the first way to share your faith is to say something this is I know you know this right? this is why we don't like it because it's uncomfortable sometimes to say something. It's so hard sometimes, and what I'm thinking of is you know you're in a group of people and this happens on the regular where you're with a group of people, and I know it happens to me who are talking about maybe some topic in the news, maybe something about parenting, maybe some issue of morality um who knows these things come up I know at the hair salon I can't believe the things people talk about at the hair salon <laughs> and people share all kinds of things about their lives and it's so so, so many times I find myself in a group of people in, in a situation like at a hair salon where you're surrounded by people that don't share your faith and you're the only person who can speak up the truth for something and I don't mean you know hit them over the head and give them a lecture or whatever um, but speak, Speak your perspective, and they're they're speaking theirs. Why can't you speak yours? Um, And it took me a while to get to a place where I am more likely to do this. But that's kind of what convinced me that I needed to do this more. Was I thought to myself many times I would just keep quiet in those situations. Like I, my um, my perspective doesn't match the perspectives of other people here, so I'm just going to be quiet. Uh, well, that's really pretty cowardly. And and you're not, you don't have to get in a big fight with somebody, but you can just say, Here, here's what I think, or here's what I believe, or here's what we do. Here's what we don't do. You know, um, as a mom of a larger than average sized family, I get lots of opportunities. And maybe you experience this as well when I'm out in public. Um And this happens more and more rarely because I'm rarely out with my entire gang anymore. They're all big. Um, But when I used to pack them all up and take them around, we were like a traveling circus, you know. And we caused uh, commotion everywhere we went and we stood out, sometimes in really uncomfortable ways. And I never wanted the attention, but I kind of had to make my peace with the fact that I was getting the attention and come up with a way to just very positively try to share a little bit of why we do this crazy crazy thing. Because, you know, I realized sometimes we get defensive, you know, when people are asking us questions about those things that make us different because we're Christian, because we're Catholic. And it might not be a large family for you. It might be like your kids aren't allowed to go to that party or your kids aren't going to that movie that everybody else is going to, or you're not reading that book that all your girlfriends are reading. You know, Um, there are all kinds of ways that we end up standing out if we're practicing our faith in a secular culture. But you have these opportunities all the time. So I, I like to be a little bit prepared for them. And if there are some that are coming up regularly or if you're anticipating some, maybe at your book club or maybe, at you know, the among the other baseball moms, you know, all, on the sidelines of your son's baseball game or your daughter's softball game, you know, be a little bit prepared for these conversations. And what you might say, and it doesn't have to be big, it doesn't have to be a lecture, it doesn't have to be complicated, but just say the truth say what you do and say what you believe. And why is this so hard? Because we hate to stand out. You know, I'm always thinking of that passage where um, in scripture, where Jesus says, we are a city set on a hill, you know, in that same one where he says, we're the salt of the earth, really uncomfortable. I don't want to be a city on the hill. I don't want to be shining for everybody to see and look at and, um, you know, ask questions about or, or whisper about behind their backs. We don't want to be that. We want to fit in. We desperately want to fit in sometimes, but we're not always called to do that. The other opportunity where we have to say something is when other people are maybe gossiping. This is something I think women come across a lot. It happens, right? It it just kind of slips into that sometimes, the conversation among women. Uh, And now I'm being sexist. I mean, I know men gossip too, but... um, This is definitely more of a female problem, at least in my experience, where you'll be in a group of people and the conversation will just all of a sudden turn toward talking about somebody. And sometimes, you know, it's people are being really funny and really enjoying this kind of making fun of somebody or, you know, uh, or putting somebody down or, you know, some critique of somebody. And, yeah, it can be really funny And the temptation is to either join in, yikes, or just keep quiet when other people are doing that. And I don't mean you have to like stand up and admonish everybody. But one great example of this, and it wasn't me that did it, um, was years ago, I used to work as a waitress in a restaurant. And Um, the group of us waitresses before the shift were hanging around in the kitchen talking and the conversation turned toward one of the other waitresses who wasn't there. And she was an older woman and, um, they just started, you know, talking about why does she wear so much makeup? Why does she wear short skirts? Her body's gross. I mean, it was like mean conversation about this woman whom I didn't really know. And, um, I kept quiet and I didn't participate in it, but it was a really uncomfortable situation for me because it felt so ugly. It felt so nasty. It felt so dehumanizing of this person. And, you know, of course, those conversations always leave you thinking, what do they say when I leave the room? Because... That's a fact. If they're gossiping and you're participating with uh, about other people, um, the same thing is probably happening about you. But regardless of that, we're called to say something. And in this particular situation with this group of waitresses, I was very shamed for the fact that I didn't speak up when another woman did, you know, um, she and here's what she said. And I thought this was great. She just said, you know, people were talking about what this woman looks like. And she just very simply said, I think she looks like somebody who's had a harder life than I have and that really put an end to the conversation <laughs> um and i thought that was really it was beautiful because it was true And it was um, a a compassionate perspective. It was a way of looking at this like, yeah, this woman, you know, dresses differently and and looks different from the rest of us. But here's here's why I think. And, um, you know, maybe not fair to be here laughing about it in this conversation. And I was really I mean, I was really struck by that. And I don't know if that woman is a person of faith or not, but she just that was a really gentle and non confrontational way for her to speak up and kind of put an end to that and give everybody an opportunity to kind of reflect on what the conversation had been like, including me who had not been enjoying the conversation, but me who is, who is keeping quiet and it, it really made me think I should have said something and I knew it, but I wasn't saying anything because of that wanting to fit in. So it can be so hard to share the truth with other people, but just keep in mind they're sharing their perspective. So you have every right to share your perspective. It doesn't have to turn into a giant confrontation. So say something, speak up. All right. This next tip that I have is kind of contradiction because it's say nothing. <laughs> this is a good way to share your faith sometimes, saying nothing. So I find this is really helpful with people who don't share your faith, but people who know about your faith and people you might have talked to about your faith before. Um, and they're not really, you know, excited about it and, and wanting to become a part of it. But with people like that, sometimes just listening to their perspective, just hearing them out and not saying anything, sometimes if even if you've had arguments with people before, just listening can be a powerful witness to the faith. They already know They already know that you believe in Jesus, that you are a member of the Catholic Church, that you believe all these things, and they don't share that with you. And, you know, just listening to their perspective can really, really open them up to thinking you are not a robot, you know, and thinking that you're a compassionate human being who actually cares about them and cares about their perspective, not offering advice or correction or clarification, not doing that, I think, can be a powerful, quiet witness. It's really a beautiful way that you can witness to your faith. And, um, But, you know, like I said, this doesn't work when people don't know you have that faith. But we all have these people in our lives who don't share our faith with us, and um, we have that opportunity to just be a quiet example of it. Which leads me to the third one, which is do something, being an active example of the faith. And we can do this in a million different ways. One of them is like we just talked about, being the one who speaks out, being the one who defends somebody in a crowd. That's that's such a powerful and important example. And it's one I try to teach my kids, especially the ones who go to school. I know from when I went to school that that's a really hard thing for kids to do, to not join in. In, I mean, you know, maybe not even so much bullying, but, you know, making fun of a kid, uh, talking about other people, or it's really hard to be the person who goes and, you know, tries to make a connection with somebody who's alone, someone who's alone or someone who's on the outside edge of social circles. But I try to teach my kids that um, the importance of doing that, that, you know. They can accomplish a million things in the world that I'll be proud of, but I would never, I would never be more proud than if they were doing something difficult to reach out and connect with another person, Uh, especially when it's, especially when it's hard, especially when it's not the socially cool thing to do that, you know, that is such an important way that we can all. You don't have to be at the high school lunch table to do this. We can all be a witness to our faith in that way. We all know people who are kind of on the edges, right? In your workplace or at your kid's school or, you know, in your even in your church community. We all know people like this. So you can you have an opportunity to be a powerful witness to the faith by reaching out to other people. Um, of course, this includes. Being a good example in your own home, in your own family, in the way you raise your kids, in the way you talk about your husband, in the way you work, in the way you participate in a group activity, the kinds of things you talk about. All of these things are a powerful witness to other people, especially if they know and don't share your faith. Such a powerful thing to do and being generous You know, I told you that I've been working and and praying about um, being more generous myself and having a servant's heart, really using that idea of um, being a servant to other people. Well, we all know people, like you probably thought of someone right now when I said servant's heart, someone in your life who does that, who is that person, who is that person that's always, you know, responding generously to the needs of others, looking for how they can help how they can be of service to other people. We all know people like that who genuinely have a servant's heart. Work on that in your own self. Work on having a servant's heart and serving even people who might be considered, quote unquote, your enemy. You know, we're called to love our enemies. That's how Christians are supposed to stand out from other people, right? You love your your husband and your kids. Well, great. You know, um, the pagans do that, right? Doesn't scripture tell us that? The, you know, you're no different. What makes you different is doing the hard thing, which is loving your enemies. And that doesn't have to mean like your enemy in the battlefield, but, you know, who comes to mind when you think who is your enemy? Uh, there, there are people that you, you consider out, outside of yourself or know opposition to yourself and your values, maybe people who've hurt you, maybe people who've hurt your family, that it's hard to be compassionate toward. Well, that's what we're called to do. We're called to love those people. We're called to pray for those people. So do something. You can make yourself stand out as the generous one. Make yourself stand out as the compassionate one. Make yourself stand out as the just one. Or make yourself stand out as the one who's not participating in what everybody else is doing. Um, if it's a if it's wrong, so do something. Be that example. It's really a powerful thing because I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I've experienced it more than once. Where somebody let me know long after the fact that my you know something about my life or something I did or or said was an example to them at a point in their life where where they really needed it, where they needed that nudge, or it opened their eyes to something that they hadn't previously considered. And in those moments, I'm always kind of like, what? Really? Oh, I had no idea. And it's true. You have no idea. You have no idea who you who you are affecting, who you're helping, who you're encouraging with your example, who you're inspiring or who you are um, encouraging to reexamine things or look at a new perspective, who you might be inspiring to maybe look at the faith, like, oh, the you know so and so is a catholic and she stands out in this way she seems different to me in this way that um is different and attractive maybe um you want to be that person and maybe you'll never know but maybe years after the fact someone will mention that to you i think um it's important to keep in mind that we don't always know the ways in which we're we're touching and influencing other people so do something all right the fourth thing i want to mention the last thing is Invite, actually invite people into your faith. Now, this doesn't mean going around and, you know, inviting strangers um, into your home to, to have a Bible study or inviting people to mass that you don't know or whatever. But I mean, inside of your relationships, invite people. Don't feel like you're butting in if, you're, if you think you know, think to invite a friend to mass with you, or if you're part of a women's group and you want to invite a friend who, who doesn't share your faith to come along and and check it out. Don't feel like that's butting in because you know what? The culture is inviting people all the time. The porn industry is inviting people. The secular culture of materialism is inviting people. Why can't we invite people? We need to be inviting. We need to invite more people. It's not butting in. One example that I heard, actually, I heard a couple of examples of this recently. But one example was um, a woman that I know shared with me that at her workplace, there was an old man who worked there. um, And this was a Catholic school where she worked. And so everybody around was Catholic. But this old man was not Catholic. And his wife was Catholic. And she was told when she started working there, like, you know, don't don't bother Mr. Smith, like, about the faith. He doesn't, he's not Catholic. It's not for him. You know, don't, don't try to convert him or whatever. She was like warned this when she started there. And this went on for a few years where this, you know, very nice, very kind man that she appreciated in many ways was a part of the school community, part of this Catholic school community. And nobody invited him to become a part of the church. Well, then one day, this old nun was visiting, and she happened to hear of these circumstances of this man who didn't share the faith, whose wife was Catholic, who was part of this Catholic school, and she just said to him, why don't you become a Catholic? And he immediately responded in a positive way, saying he would like to. What? I know. But sometimes we make assumptions about what other people want. We make assumptions about what would be considered rude or overstepping our bounds, Um, This guy and, you know, and, and, you know, he ended up saying nobody ever asked me. Nobody ever asked me. He was just sitting on this desire to become a Catholic, but not quite ready to kind of take that proactive step himself. And nobody asked him, even his own wife didn't ask him. This little old nun who happened upon the situation had to be the one who did it. I think that's amazing. And it's a great story because it reminds us that, there may be people in our lives like that that everybody makes assumptions about nobody's nobody's inviting them um or Another example that I recently heard about was of one young lady that I met recently um, when I was uh, speaking at an event that she was helping out with. She, I, I asked her what you know her, her background was, and she was a convert. And she shared how when she was a kid, she was raised with no particular religion, um, but her parents weren't hostile to Christianity or anything. And when she was in high school, she had a friend who was Catholic, and she started going to Mass with this friend of you know out of her own desire to go to church and um so she started going to mass with this friend on a regular basis she started going to daily mass she went to like daily mass for an entire summer you know during her high school years and continued going to mass with this girl and her family and she didn't for a long time convert although she desperately wanted to because she didn't think you could do that Isn't that amazing? She didn't think that you could, you know, become a member of the Catholic Church if you weren't born into it. And you don't know where people are in their minds and in their hearts with regard to their faith lives. This poor girl had no idea. And she was overjoyed when she finally accidentally learned that there's such a thing as a convert and that she could convert to the Catholic religion and practice that faith for herself. Amazing. This girl's friend (laughs) had her coming to mass. This girl's friend's family had this girl coming to mass with them on a regular basis. And nobody invited her. Nobody let her know that was even a possibility. And I'm not saying this because I think those are terrible people. I'm saying this because I think so many of us would do the same thing because we don't want to be pushy. We don't want to hit them over the head with it. We don't want to make it uncomfortable. Inviting somebody isn't making somebody uncomfortable. If your faith is something that really is a wonderful and helpful part of your life, that you appreciate something that brings meaning and value to your entire life and your work and your relationships, why wouldn't you want to share that with other people? Why would you want to keep that to yourself? It's, you know, all the time there are people that are like, I discovered this amazing new diet and they're running around trying to convert everybody, right? And they're on fire about it because it was so great for them. Well, it may not be the perfect fit for other people at that particular point in their lives. And the same is true of your faith when you're sharing it with others. It may not be the perfect fit at that time in their lives, but maybe they'll remember your invitation. Maybe they'll remember your welcoming attitude. Maybe they'll remember the fact that you took the time to think of them, think of this good thing you have in your life and that you wanted to share it with them and you invited them in. So don't hesitate to invite. Like I said, all the other side of things, all the evil side of things is inviting all the time. They're butting in, they're getting in people's faces and it's working. So we should at least be inviting. We should at least Invite. So think of somebody in your life that maybe you can invite in that way. OK, I lied. I, I have another last one, which is, of course, to pray. Now, this means whenever we're trying to be better about something in our faith lives, whether it's you know evangelization or having a servant's heart or trusting in God more, always we can pray for that thing. And I think sometimes we forget that. Like we think like, I need to be better about this. And we feel like we need to like pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and, you know, figure out how to soldier up and be better at this thing. Well, we're all weak and flawed creatures and we need grace. We need God's grace. And we get that by praying. We ask for it. You know, God says he'll give us whatever we ask for. So let's ask him, for the grace to be a better witness. Ask him to open your eyes to those opportunities that exist in your life, in your work, in your family, to be a better witness. Ask him to show you the people that he wants you to witness to and in what ways he wants you to witness. Ask for the strength to do it. You know, when you find yourself in those uncomfortable moments and you don't want to speak up, you know, ask, say a little prayer, asking for the grace, asking for the strength to do it. God will answer that prayer. We know God will answer that prayer. So don't forget to pray about it. But then also pray for the people that you want to evangelize. You know, there may be somebody in your life that you have no idea how to share your faith with them, but you feel like you want to, you feel like they need it. You want to help them in that way. Pray for the, the grace to know how to do it. Pray for the opportunity to do it. We all have people in our lives like this, and sometimes we just take for granted that's the way they are, that's the way it is, this is our role, this is their role, but no, that's not the end of the story. And maybe you haven't been a good enough witness yet, so ask for the strength to do it, but then also ask for the particulars. Ask for who in your life needs your witness. Ask for, you know, God to show you how he wants you to be a witness. What's the most effective way for you to share your faith with the particular people in your life? There, there's somebody in our lives who's uh, very close to us that is a family member, but we have very little contact with. And I used to pray for this person regularly. Um, But I realized recently when he showed up in a dream of mine and I was like, why did I dream about that person? And then I thought, well, I have not been praying for that person. Um, So a a great little nudge, a reminder, um, who in your life is like that? Who does God want you to be praying for? Who does God want you to be sharing your faith with in, in one of these ways that we talked about here today? So pray Pray for that grace. All right, so those are my little ideas for how to be a better witness. First, say something. There are opportunities to do that all the time. Second, say nothing. There are places and times where that is the most appropriate way to share your faith. Um, Number three, do something, be an example. Number four, invite. Remember the importance of actually inviting people. And then finally, prayer. Add, Add this to your prayer life. It's an important part of it. You might have some ideas for ways in which you share the faith. What helps you to be a better witness to your faith? What are the challenges that you face in regard to sharing your faith with others? I'd love to hear your perspective. So send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. Record a voicemail. You can just record your voice on your phone and send it to me at that email address. Or you can go to daniellebean.com and leave me a voicemail or... You can leave me a Voxer. You know I love Voxer. It's such a great little fun app. You put the app on your phone, and then you can connect with people and leave voice messages as easy as pressing a button on your phone. It's so fun. So the link to connect with me on Voxer is always in the show notes for every episode of the Girlfriends Podcast at DanielleBean.com.
1: Hello. <laughs> Um, Danielle, this is, uh, Becca. Um, I just wanted to, um, check in. Uh, it, I had fallen away from listening to podcasts. Um, our life just really took off, found myself, uh, we are moving actually. So I'm listening to a lot of episodes now as I pack our house, um, and getting caught up again. And, um, I found myself listening to your episode healing through Jesus. Um, I I when I last reached out um just as topics for I think it was what do you want for sh- your shows and I think I suggested like personal finance and I have no idea that episode has happened I haven't scrolled through all of them yet since before I guess I guess it was last semester um but i had kind of long-windedly like i'm kind of doing now i think um, (laughs) um talked about personal finance and and really how that topic was coming from a quest in my life and i realized listening to the healing with jesus episode how much i think i needed some healing through um you know our struggles with finance in february Uh, you know, we have started to find our way, Um, finally communicating as a couple um, and having friends come into our lives that um, know finance and are willing to walk with us and, and just be accountable. And, and we, 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 it was one of those things where we didn't, um, we weren't brave enough to ask for help, but someone realized that we did. And I guess, we actually had a fiat where we actually said, Yes, you know what, just come on in. Here are the books, help us, teach us. We both never really knew how. And I just wanted to say that that has been very healing. And um, I just wanted to share in listening to that podcast about healing with Jesus that letting Jesus in, because he sends people our way to help us, he sends the community of faith. And um, if we can be willing to say yes to lean on someone, and to learn and, um, and, uh, you know, find that healing that we should take it. And even if it comes our way and we weren't brave enough to ask for it, if, if it comes, um, just saying yes to it and, and, and jumping in with people that he has sent us, sent us, um, means everything. And, uh, I'm just, you know, finding myself here tonight in the middle of the night, just really grateful for the healing that is going to also continue to come in the next couple of years as we as we do some some major work um, and major learning. And I am so appreciative of that. So I just want to say thank you for your podcast. Um, Um, But thank you to you and your podcast, um, Praying for Taylor, and I hope you have a very blessed uh, day and week uh, of coming. Thanks so much, Danielle. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much for that Voxer. You know I love Voxer. Thank you, Becca, for sharing your thoughts. And I love that you shared your thoughts about that episode about finding healing in Jesus because I never thought about that applying to someone's financial life. But I, in that episode, we were talking about all the different ways and the different parts of our lives where we need to invite Jesus in to heal us and I'm so glad that you and your husband got the help that you needed, and that you're working on that area of your life, and that you're you're bringing Jesus into that part of your life and your marriage and your family where you needed that healing. I think it's such a great reminder to the rest of us to be thinking about the ways in which we need healing in our lives. Maybe in unconventional ways. Maybe in places where other people don't need healing. It doesn't matter. And um, I I love that you shared that about your your finances because I think that's actually a really common problem that couples, especially young couples face, is needing that kind of guidance and support and nobody ever taught them. So what are they supposed to do? And I think it's wonderful that you found a mentor couple that God sent into your life to help you out in that way. So best of luck with the move. And thank you for mentioning Taylor, because I wanted to remind our girlfriends community here of Taylor, who very much is in need of our prayers. I have not heard an update recently from Taylor, but we, um, for those of you who haven't followed along, Taylor was the young, newly married woman who wrote in kind of asking for prayer support from the girlfriends community as she was struggling with the idea of motherhood. Um, she became pregnant with twins and unfortunately lost one of the twins and is continuing that pregnancy, otherwise without complications with um, her, her baby that she still has. So really a difficult very difficult introduction to marriage and motherhood and family life for this young woman, Taylor, who has reached out to us. And I, I'm grateful and humbled by the fact that she's reached out to us here at Girlfriends. So let's remember to keep Taylor in our prayers. So Becca, I really appreciate um, that you were listening to an older episode and that you were reminded of, of Taylor and her need for our prayer support. So um, let, let's add that to our prayer list this week. Girlfriends, I know we've got some prayer warriors out there in the Girlfriends, Community, and it's this is a wonderful opportunity for us to minister to a member of our own community. So let's remember to do that, and thank you for reaching out, Becca. I always love to hear from you. And finally, while we're on feedback, I want to share an email that I got from listener Eleanor this week. Eleanor writes, Hi, Danielle. I just wanted to thank you for sharing about nurturing your mother heart. Personally, I've never had much of a struggle in accepting my role as mother. I'm very happy to be a stay-at-home mom now after working full-time during my first rough HG pregnancy. As a child, I always loved mothering my toys and my friends, and I loved being a caring friend in high school and university. I've always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I do have a small bookkeeping job to help support our family financially, but I fully respect women who have no other task than raising their families. I have found, however, such a struggle in our society to maintain this love of my identity. Other people in my life have asked how I can feel fulfilled in my role as a stay-at-home mom. Of course, I have other interests. I have a BA in music and philosophy. I love to sing, paint, write, have coffee dates with myself, and host friends as much as possible. It almost flabbergasts me how other people don't see the fulfillment that I'm experiencing in my role as a mom. Not that you can't fulfill your mothering heart while working out of the home or without biological children. Of course you can. And I love John Paul II's comments on motherhood, but I just love my experience of leading a simple mothering existence. Anyway, all of this to say, thank you for speaking out the truth on the mother heart. Eleanor. Well, thank you, Eleanor. I appreciate that. And Eleanor's writing in from Canada. I love that we have an international audience. I love to hear from our neighbors up north. Um, and, uh, you know, I love that you point out, Eleanor, the fact that it it isn't so common for someone to just embrace their role of motherhood. For sure, there are lots of stay-at-home moms out there. Um, but to embrace it fully in the way that we were talking about in last week's episode. If you haven't listened, last week's episode was about nurturing your mother heart and the ways in which that's sort of a politically incorrect concept that St. John Paul II teaches us about the importance and the power of motherhood and every woman's vocation to motherhood. But what you're sharing, Eleanor, is very much along the lines of what we're talking about here in today's episode, sharing your faith, being a better witness. And certainly that can be done through your motherhood. Certainly that can be done in uh, countercultural ways by simply living out your role as a mom and fully embracing it and talking about the joy that you find in it. Not that you have to sugarcoat it and say it's all hearts and roses all the time, but you know, being very honest about the fact that you do find fulfillment in that and that this is, this is the most important thing to you. I think sometimes just speaking that truth is a really powerful witness to our faith and the values that we all share inside of the Catholic faith. So an important message. And thank you for reaching out, Eleanor. I'm glad you appreciated that episode. I did hear from a number of people in various ways on that episode. I thought I might get some negative feedback, some pushback from people who um, objected to some of what I shared, but I didn't. I didn't. It was mostly, it was 100% positive, the feedback that I got. Maybe there's more to come. I always find I'm surprised, like, uh, you know, especially in the world of podcasting where you record something and it's out there. And, you know, two years later, I can hear from somebody about something I said, and I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> um, so anyway, plenty of opportunity for people to get up in arms about it. But I was really gratified and encouraged by the fact that most people really seem to appreciate uh, last week's episode and, and my take on nurturing your mother heart and the importance of cherishing your role as a mom in a way that isn't necessarily politically correct. So thank you for that feedback, Eleanor. And if you want to send feedback, please email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Leave me a Voxer like Becca did. The link to connect with me on Voxer is in the show notes at... DanielleBean.com Or you can always just record your voice On your phone I love it You must get sick of my voice So I love having other people's voices To add to the episodes here at Girlfriends So record your voice on your phone If you have something you want to share A question you want to ask A topic you want me to take up Or some feedback about today's topic Of being a better witness to the faith And you can just record it on your phone And then send it to me by email Danielle at DanielleBean.com thank you so much for being here today i say it every week and i mean it every week your presence here is truly a gift to me it's so encouraging to me to know that you're connecting with me in this unique way through the girlfriends podcast that you're connecting and listening and um, you know, giving me feedback on what I share here. But just the fact that you're there listening means so much to me. And even if you never send any feedback, you are an important part of this community. You're an important part of this group we call girlfriends where we pray for each other and we encourage one another and we connect with one another on a regular basis. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy.